Welcome to a podcast on fire on no risk, no gain, and lucky stars go places. One of the great philosophical questions of our time is the following. Team Tam, or not Team Tam? Question mark. Welcome to Podcast on Fire, in our smoking jackets and all, and the, tal- <laughs> and the Alan Tam crapping hour, where we might unfairly single out the actor as the one who ruins a particular film, but he deserves it when he does. Sometimes he hasn't ruined a film, and uh, he even elevates a film. And in this episode, uh, No Risk, No Gain, in parenthesis Casino Raiders, the sequel, we see Alan Tam being paired up again with Andy Lau, and Wong Jing takes a backseat to merely write and produce, and Taylor Wong takes his place as co-director. Uh-oh. <laughs> and also in the second half, the Lucky Stars gang barely appears. And we get another lecherous, silly gang trying to fill 90 minutes of action comedy. Cue the rape jokes. And also cue my co-host, uh, as always, for the Allentown Crapping Hour, which is Eastern Film Fans. Head on show, Phil G. So, hello, buddy. Hello there. Well, well, that was well linked. Thank you very much for that intro. It was great. It's good to be back. Good to be back. And good to be uh, crapping on Allentown. Or not, as the case may be. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a full success this episode, but uh, mm-hmm. we might have a 60-70% rate success, yeah, who knows? Yeah. It's an, one is an ensemble piece, so um, did, like, does he stand out? Well, you'll, you'll, you'll find out. I, I remember when you did a little uh, bit of an impromptu singing um, for recording. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Alan Tam is so delightful. I wish I was talented enough to rewrite lyrics, but I like this past week I've been re-listening a little bit to the Book of Mormon soundtrack. The, you know, the South Park guys did that um, musical, the Book of Mormon, and the opening number is called "Hello," uh, where the Mormons, uh, you know, uh, knock on doors and say hello. So uh, it's a very happy and chirpy number. So hello, my name is Elder Price. La 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 la. But uh, it would rather be like hello, my name is Alan Tam. And I would like to share with you the most amazing movie, instead of book. Thank and you. then, hello, my name is Andy Lau. Because all the Mormons introduced themselves, so we would have like a, a parade of... My God, if we do uh, if we do uh, Lucky Stars Go Places, that's a lot of people to get through. Hello, my name is Billy Lau. <laughs> and I'm another one of the lecherous motherfuckers in this movie. <laughs> hello, my name is Richard Um. This is all I do in this movie, and now I'm fucking off. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You could actually, it works quite well. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, it's, um, I, I like that musical. It's a wonderful, like, poking fun at Mormons, but also it's a loving sort of a tribute to believing what you desire. I think, Kenny, lad, you've just introduced something here. You, you've you've created another song, um, so therefore... Uh, albeit for me to to ruin this moment, I'm going to keep that song for for this episode. And um, the next episode, if we have more Alan crapping, um, we shall definitely come up with a, a another song. And I have one in mind already. Right on, right on. Well, we'll uh, we'll save that surprise for later, listeners. But uh, <laughs> in the meantime, uh, because yes. he, he's got to think uh, think it through, you know, uh, being spontaneous is like out, like you were the last time. Now. It's work, my friend, work, right? It's all work, work, work. (laughs) But uh, in the meantime, while you ponder that, uh, let's uh, go through some contact information. And this is Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire Network, our website with, among other 
shows uh, this very show on Hong Kong cinema, mostly vintage, but some new. It's located on podcastonfire.com along with all our other options uh, with uh, shows uh, covering Japanese cinema, Korean cinema, Slazy cinema, and as I said, Alantan cinema. It's all available there, and we also do bonus episodes every now and again that are exclusive for the website. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, like in all seriousness, what's your favorite Alantan movie? What's your least favorite Alantan movie? Uh, let us know. Podcastonfire at googlemail.com. You can also discuss that very fact over on social media it's uh, very easy to reach we have handy buttons at the top of our website leading to our facebook page which uh, in turn holds a link to our facebook discussion group Uh, you have a button to our twitter account a button to our itunes feed which you can rate you can subscribe to and even leave a written comment on there it can be about alan tam so i just uh, go ahead apple will probably approve it even if you say alan tam sucks with an x like uh, they, they will probably see that as a review of something so uh, therefore our review count goes up <laughs> and uh, also click our Stitcher radio button that goes to their website where you can stream our shows but you can also do that through the applications available on the Apple App Store and Google Play and I write about uh, Hong Kong movies and Taiwanese movies uh, of uh, a variety of genres mostly focusing on category free sleaze Taiwanese um, new wave and fun special effects madness out of that uh, territory but uh, there's a bunch of genres over at sogoodreviews.com and my video hub where I post video reviews uh, every now and again is sleazykvideo.com and my twin handle is at sogoodreviews Phil Phil Stir, Phil G, plug away, Eastern Film Fans, um, review, news, site galore. But uh, what do you want to say, despite me saying something about it already? Something about it already. Well, you, you probably missed it already, and by this time it comes out, you've, you've missed it. Why are you not going to the site? But um, recently we gave away uh, Police Story Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yes, folks. Mm-mm. On lovely Blu-ray. Blu-ray shiny. Um, so, yeah, yeah, look out for competitions uh, on the website. And uh, the uh, Sam Hong The Bodyguard review is there. Um, you quite so, liked that, didn't you? That yeah, and I, I quite enjoyed that. I have to say, um, I, I knew it wasn't going to be the uh, full-on action fest, so that was good to walk in and knowing that. And I, I enjoyed the drama, Heart of the Dragon esque kind of uh, movie. But um, when Samo does uh, bust a move, he does like to bust a move, even at his ripe old age. And he does it justice with the the way that he, he does the scene. Not his usual um, kind of a flowing choreographer scene but very tight in shots it, it, it was marvelously done and I, I, I still rate the film i love it it's not for everyone but um yeah and, check out and, and if you say it's more drama than i mean because yeah, uh, I, I can't get I, I know he still got that in here the dramatic uh, chops yes. that was already there 20 years ago or whatever with um you know painted faces and, and even yeah. heart of dragon as you yeah as you it's mentioned. nice to see that side of him and do something you know different and bring that side of him across and he plays it brilliantly he underplays it, and that that's 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 uh, the beauty of it. Underplaying. Thank you for saying that. Like because they, melodrama is so easy to fall into for yeah. many filmmakers. Uh, so that's excellent to yeah. hear. Excellent. Yeah. We'll link directly to uh, that review and your site, uh, obviously in the show post. But in the meantime, let's uh, take a podcast promotional break, and uh, you and I will be back after that to discuss No Risk, No Gain, the Casino Raiders sequel, and we'll we'll kind of briefly discuss why Casino Raiders two isn't a sequel, nor why this isn't a sequel, despite being called a sequel. Welcome to Hong, welcome to Hong Kong Cinema, making it easy for you since 19... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I think that about sums it up, absolutely. You know, they even reference God of Gamblers, so like, this is sort of part of the God of Gamblers universe, god damn it. 
Like my, I had my diagram finished, and now they have to come and ruin it. Back to the drawing board. Well, listen to the promo break, and we'll be back. Available now on KungFuMovieGuide.com, it's the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. That's right, be sure to check out the Kung Fu Movie Guide for our first season of podcasts. Available from KungFuMovieGuides.com My name is Ben Johnson and you can join me as I have some serious in-depth conversations with some of the leading lights in the world of martial arts movie making. From directors to stuntmen to actors to choreographers to fellow writers and bloggers... Be sure to tune in over the next few months to get your fortnightly fix of all things Chopsocky. Visit KungFuMovieGuide.com to check out the podcast and keep up to date with the site by following us on Twitter at KFMovieGuide. And may Buddha bless you. Welcome back in the first review of this episode is No Risk No Gain, in parenthesis the Casino Raiders sequel from 1990 and plot from the Yes Asia page. Ugh, yes Asia page. Alan Tam is the king of Asian gamblers called Ray, who's uh, coerced into travelling to Macau for a gambling competition to settle the true owner of the king of Asian gamblers title. But his ID and money are stolen by a pair of scam artists, played by Andy Lau and Nat Chan, who decide to head to Macau and gamble in place of the true gambling king. However, someone is out for the gambling king's life, but will they target the right man? Or will these three gamblers band together to fight off the bad guys? So, let me stop for talking for now, and uh, let me get a brief opinion out of you. First of all, Phil, of uh, No Risk, No Game, a Casino Raiders sequel that isn't a sequel. <laughs> well, I think that very sums up. It's a Casino Raiders sequel that isn't a sequel. Um, so if you're expecting Casino Raiders, sorry, folks, you're going to be sorely disappointed. It's it's nowhere on a par uh, with the first installment. It doesn't have uh, the dramatic effect um, and falls slightly flat in the middle, shall we say, sagging slightly in the middle. It's one of those, I can take it or leave it. It, it like I say, it picks up towards the end, but it, it's no way a patch, and it shouldn't really have Casino Raiders in its in its title. It's just a completely different film. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I agree. It's. It's. I got a Taylor Wong director, co-director Taylor Wong style of summary and grading coming that we've utilized before. Mm. I mean, it's okay. It's yeah. all right. I mean, yes, yeah. so sort of okay. Yeah, Not fantastic. It, it, it's, it's one of those. It's kind of like, yeah, it's okay. I can't. I can't elevate it any more than that, and it's not any worse than that. It's just, it's it's okay. I mean, everybody's wishing, well, great, that's, I'm going to switch off now. No, no, listen to the whole thing. We, we, we will say more, but it's just okay. If you're going into it, you're going to get an okay film. And indeed, it isn't even attempting to... Uh extend what Casino Raiders did so well, which is uh, was very valid as a drama. This one has more silliness, some gambling, some shooting, and it's pretty disposable. It's a fairly good time while it lasts. But again, there was no attempt made at making a Casino Raiders drama again, and I think that was wise, because uh, why try and top something that was of quality anyway? Let's just go back to the silliness again. Uh, get the star scene, of course, which which they did. And um, speaking of the stars, Alan Tam, we like when he doesn't talk. We do. 
so all he does initially is talk all the fucking time, <laughs> and he speaks in English. But uh, okay, okay, I'm I'm oversensitive. I'm just I'm just saying this for a laugh, really. But uh, he's sort of like, hey, I'm out of town. What's going on? I'm speaking English now. Your Cantonese is, is uh, great, and I'm speaking English to you. Like, shut up, shut up. No, Stop no, no. Talking. You know, in all honesty, he does. You know, we'll discuss that more in detail. But he does lead the movie in a fairly competent way. I think Alan is not. Uh, He's keeping it, you know, he's silly partly, but he's keeping it fairly reeled in, and he's he's competent and he's respectable as a leading man here. So there's no real uh, annoyance uh, going on here as such, uh, which uh, I thought was, uh, you know, that's like a quick opinion of Alan Tam already. So what did you think? Like, uh, no, no annoyance, no, no true true highs, no true lows. We 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 took a break. Let me come back to to the Alan. Um, crapping hour, but you, you know what? I've, I've kind of developed a soft spot for him. I know now I watch him and I go, Oh, bless him. It's called being desensitized. Yeah, he's, he's trying. He's a trier, bless him. Now, there are some moves better than others, and, and, and in this one, he, he's trying. Like I say, please don't, please don't talk. Although there are some scenes where please don't act either, but we just love him for Alan Tam. I'm just, you know. You know, he's not amazing in this role. It's not one of his, his better films. But he does kind of carry it, you know, in what the film is all about. I think, like I say, if you look at Casino and you think a Casino Raiders movie, then you'll be disappointed and go, oh, no, it isn't. But if you look at it as a no-risk, no-gay movie and the movie that it is, you'll you'll probably enjoy it. Absolutely, and um, it, it, the, the connections stop there, obviously, cost-wise, and uh, it's just the cost and crew are back, essentially. And um, as I said, we, we open up, well, I didn't say this, but we do open up with, uh, with gambling tension. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even the finale of God of Gamblers is referenced, because they're, they're talking about Chaimfat's opponent got arrested after he lost, so therefore we have we keep masks on now to sort of uh, evade the law. So hence, this is slightly part of the God of Gamblers universe, which doesn't make it easy since Andy Lau is playing a character here too, and played a character in two of the God of Gamblers movies, and plays a different character in Casino Raiders 2. Which is a different movie. <laughs> you getting all this? The, the, getting the Johnny Toe movie. <laughs> Which is not a bad movie, but uh, it's... Uh, it's. Uh, I'm glad you said all that and not me, because I, I started to write all that down and went, I'm not even going to do it. Ken will do this. <laughs> and Alan Tam is not in that one, so we're not going to do Casino Raiders 2. Fact of the matter, uh, I reviewed that with Mike Leader last year, so so we've done that movie. Uh, not a bad movie, but um, you know, Andy Lau appears and everything. He's gonna he's gonna ruin our flowchart that way. You know, this is in Wong Jing's wheelhouse, the gambling and all of that. So, and I don't know if you're a gambling man or anything, a card card man. But uh, how do you think like a scene like this is handled? Uh, do you like the tension, or do you think it's like a parenthesis in the movie? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Wong Jing is a bit. From Vegas to Macaronese, those I've got those to watch, but I've got all three to watch back to back. Um, so, okay, the opening scene is from a, from a, a gambling scene. No, it doesn't hold attention. It's over in five minutes. He has he has one bet, and it's it's all over. There's not enough tension there. It's not long, uh, that, that, which which is maybe the fault of it, like because there there is a good showcase of tension, but then it's over. Yeah, it's literally boom done. So you know, maybe you don't want to open the, the movie with that. Based upon what the movie's going to be like anyway, I guess you couldn't for no risk, no gain. 
So, um, but yeah, I suppose disappointing that way. If you want to see it, you know, good. If you know, it's no god of gamblers, that's for sure. So, from that point of view, no, it doesn't. It doesn't tick the buttons. It's a. I mean, compared to God of Gamblers, yes, it's really nothing. But <laughs> compared to um, later stuff in From Vegas to McAllen, please don't watch those. I mean, the <laughs> first one was so horrible. I've heard nothing but bad stuff about the uh, other ones. Uh, and I mean, he's. Um, you want to watch them more? <laughs> well, I'm going to elevate them up the list. I've warned you already, so don't I blame have, me. Yeah. But yeah, compared to what he's doing now, like there's, it's night and day how how he's dedicated as producer and writer. There are occasional good movies coming out there. Flirting in the air, I really liked. It's um, it's a parody of uh, both. He produced and wrote that, Wong Jing. It's a parody of both the TV series and the movie Triumph in Disguise, but also a big old like, sort of meta-parody of Flirting Scholar. Because uh, these pilots get sent back to time and meet Stephen Chow's character. Not Stephen Chow himself, but the character from that movie. And all the sort of wackiness ensues. So you can still do it, but... Uh, it's it's still it's standard Wong Jing sort of tension and writing here, but it it's um I guess it's a little bit of nostalgia for me to just see it. Oh, it's done well enough for a couple of minutes, and uh, then we we keep uh, moving, and Alan Time keeps talking, and uh, <laughs> he, I was afraid because I don't like when he's goofy and wacky. I don't think he's a very good comedic performer. So when he meets his childhood friend, or who he thinks is his childhood friend, when he arrives back, hello, it's me, and he starts pinching you know her cheek and like look how have you been (laughs) and uh, i was sort of afraid that okay we're going down that route now like not team time not team time but uh it never really changes my opinion of him i mean frouty does well enough and uh doesn't uh you know provide any huge highs and definitely no no lows no annoying uh no annoying Lows. So, I mean, the the goofy part gets represented by Andy Lau and Nat Chan, really, and Alan Tam is nearly the straight man. It's just that the acting, sometimes it can be good or bad. It's like um, at the beginning, kind of, of the movie and stuff when there's the bomb. There's a bomb, there's a bomb, you got to search for this bomb, and then the acting, they focus in on him. And I'm like, act, Alan, act! And he's like that concerned kind of look, and his face is like, no, he's not working, Alan, you're not acting properly. Act, man, act! Act more, act more, act as, more. as Godfrey Hall would say. There's a bomb, act! No, it's not coming through, he's not coming through. But, I, you know, I can I can oversee those, because he's, he's Alan Tam. And that's what I mean, I think we've watched that many now, you go, oh, bless him. No, not quite, but never mind, maybe the next scene. Scene worse, been offended by other movies, so, and this isn't. So, uh, you, you know, if anything, the, the, the tester is, you know, the team of Andy Lau and Nat Chan, you, usually with Nat Chan, which I, I can fairly like and fairly dislike based on a movie, like a movie like Magic Crystal. Him being such a dick in that movie is wonderful because he it's the, the the structure gags around that the magic crystal you know he wakes up and his hand you know his feet are where his hands should be and vice versa and yeah. uh, you know he's had that sort of spell put on him and uh, what are you doing I'm doing yoga as he's sitting there in the bed and uh, everything's on on the wrong way around so uh-huh. uh, so you know he's in a quiet taste uh, not sure but uh, yeah. that whole uh, con is quite that him and Andy Lau put on towards Alan Tam it's, uh, it's, it's quite deceptive because you think like Andy Lau is this serial triad rascal because he's talking mm. about taking care 
of Natshan and up there, you know, my family was so poor, man, but I promised them, I promised them I'd live in luxury and become a criminal, essentially, because this is the name of the game. These are our kind of characters. This is honorable behavior. Like I promised I'd live in luxury and revenge my poor family because they were poor so and i'll do anything for my you know my sworn brother mao natchan's character so you think it's really deeply serious this angelao acting in this character but it is because there's a big corner day as i said you know, and i think it works well because let's face it andy lao is, is usually that rascal that triad especially those movies around that time he was always playing that triad so it kind of makes it believable in that way as well because yeah always- it, it's in his wheelhouse even though a moment of romance was not yet released. I checked just to make it was a few months later that year. So, a moment of romance would mean now you're playing that triad role, <laughs> you know, forever and ever, essentially. But uh, he, it's still, you know, the rascal roles was uh, what he got um, on a fairly constant basis, anyway. And he's uh, Andy Lau was broad at this time. I could take it and leave it, but uh, it's it's mostly acceptable. I, I depends really who is steering here because it can be. Like in Lucky Stars Go Places, I don't think that's a good showcase for Andy Lau. It's just someone else's voice mm. controlling him, and um, he's not putting forth his voice. But he, here, it's 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 okay, and it's uh, it's him doing what he what he does, and uh, uh, it's not uh, that terribly different from anything. So, you know, he cruises through the movie a little bit on autopilot. But hey, that's that's okay at least you know it's watchable it makes the time fly by so yeah and that's what and the thing we that's what we said at the start of this it's everything is like a bit like okay it's like yeah and you know kind of yeah it's okay and, and that's what we boils down to everything in this movie he's, he's kind of okay but i love little lines like uh Andy Lau and Natchan, they, they, they throw it out really quickly that they've lost track of how many people they've, they've tricked, essentially. <laughs> There's a, like, like a throwaway line that, that, that suggests that there are gangsters, they are gangsters who set up people and frame them a lot so they can't take, they can't keep track of how many they've done this week. There's scenes and stuff where they're like, they, they, they give uh, Alan Tam a good hiding and then they come back and go, ah, actually. No, he's he's all right, really. We better check on him. No, should we? Yeah, it's like it's a pack and forth. So it does work. Those two, they do work together in the scenes. I have to say, and I was hesitant in in watching it whether you know those two would have any chemistry as such. But they do. It does kind of work. Like I say, it's 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 okay. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's directed well enough. The whole movie, I guess, it has story and scene focus. Yes. I mean, it's not random strings for nearly no. two hours. It's a fairly long movie, one hundred and ten. So, and not being overly broad. I mean, it has comedy. It's a good sign. It doesn't go lucky stars broad on us. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point actually, because I didn't realize it was one hundred and ten. So that that must mean it was it was quite a good enough because it held my attention for that. That period of time without me thinking at any point in the movie, ah, oh, it's over yet. So you know that that that's got something good going for it. So it held my attention because that's a lethal running time unless you know what you're doing. If you don't know, that's a that's cause for fast forwarding <laughs> because uh, if it's that long, uh, and and I agree, it wasn't. Uh, so no. it wasn't. I mean, God of Gamblers is a two-hour movie, and it thoroughly earns it because it's so well thought out and structured. So. It very much has been uh, two hours of um, that kind of experience. 
I love little um, to single out a gag when Alan Tam is in jail. He's um, just uh, wearing a towel, so he starts to gamble with this sort of hobo-looking guy in jail, who's like doing the card tricks and shit. Like, oh my god, what a god of gamblers! And the directors, uh, Taylor Wong and Jimmy Hung, uh, Jimmy who co-directed the first movie with uh, Wong Jing. They do a wonderful comedic thing here where we don't see the game take place, mm. but they he starts to like with the cards and shit, and then cut to Alan Tam walking out of jail, new wardrobe and all. See you guys, and I love that restrained comedic effect. But I wish they had it cut to him as the loser in the jail cell, almost stripped nude with no clothes. You know, it's 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 sort of like don't don't cut to it, don't cut to it. Just let us imagine what it was like. And they and they had to sort of, I guess, clarify telegraphy. But... Yeah, well, they do that. I mean, that's yeah, you know, it's filmmaking for you. You tend to see that a lot with the obviously American movies. Everything's telegraphed so you can tell the audience what's going on. You're right. Didn't need to do it thinking about it if you're dissecting the scene because it was a great scene. I, I I still think it had some comedic effect, but. He's got, well, I didn't lose. I didn't lose. You know, he's shuffling all the cars before. He's like, yeah, look, look at me. I'm great. And then <clears throat> Allentown walks out with all his clothes. So it still has an effect. It, it's one of those choices, how you edit the movie, isn't it? And I just think for that, maybe for the movie that it is, then that scene should be should be there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the scenario was clinched already. So it's like yeah. an added second that doesn't ruin it. But it was just my preference. Of yeah, yeah. Just let leave the scene behind but hey it, it, it is what it is a little bit of nitpicking but uh, that that's what it is i mean it's not hilarious though it's a bit mild no. in feel the movie but it's a balanced time for it's it will peter out i'll have i'll have some notes on that but well well i might as well mention it now it it's sort of does spread out it's noise a little bit too much for my taste i would have liked to see some more action i would have liked to see ever so slightly some more gambling because we are largely in the andy lao nachan movie for for a good stretch and i don't think the directors can maintain their that comedic duo balance and um, momentum for as long as they think here, that's a little bit of a problem, actually. As they are, like when they arrive to Macau, that that's that's all good fun and uh, politically incorrect fun. <laughs> because when when they meet these uh, women in Macau, who's supposed to be their entertainment, uh, you know, the, the the gal, I think it's, she's called Cutie. Uh, her English name is Cutie. Uh, she is, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, I guess their hostesses, and she she is like. <laughs> I like to be beaten. You know, go ahead, go ahead and beat me. I'm a I'm a ditzy woman. Like nice and PC, Wong Jing. You know, just write that write that a role for a woman. Why don't you? And he did. So uh, yeah. But 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 the the initial part of Andy Lau and Nachan in Macau works very well because Nachan plays Ray and therefore he's the cool guy and Andy Lau is his bodyguard. So therefore they start acting like uh, Andy Lau has done wrong and he starts slapping him and stuff like that uh, and Andy Lau is on his knees and taking the punishment uh, and that's all fine but for me Phil all of that as the movie runs and Ray catches up to him that duo is not strong enough to have extended fool you know fool, <laughs> fool around type yeah. of uh, cinema I, I sort of felt like okay we gotta tighten it up like let, let's uh, let's make something happen Let's bring in Alan Tam for balance. Like that yeah, was what okay. I was wanting. <laughs> it's like a walk-on gag. You've done the gag, and then you've you've left again, and you go, mm, okay, thanks for that. Where, 
was there a follow-on to that or are you going to bring that up later or are you going to use that no it's just a, like I say it's more of a filler than than anything else and you're right if you if you've got a film that's called no it's no game you've got cards all over the place and it's called casino raiders and you make it a casino raiders movie for whatever reason then put more gambling in it a little bit more what a balanced out matters but, yeah. I mean, put some situation you could do you could easily take some of the other and have a, another gambling scene i mean there's one further on again with with anthony wong and stuff but there isn't there isn't enough there isn't enough there from that point of view and you're right you know i'm an action junkie i love my action you know you could have put another action scene like one or two maybe at least one big thing i mean i don't require it but there was some kind of feeling of running on empty we're we're, we're like we're sputtering fumes here people like let's uh let's rev it up and uh (laughs) so there you go i I, i'm not a car guy i don't know what i'm talking about like is these the terms that you use butter rev it up how you do it is that how you get girls (laughs) done but uh, speaking of Anthony Wong, who nearly steals the movie, mm. he arrives eating a carrot, laughing like a moron, and combing his hair with a fork like Anthony has a ride, bitches. I'm here. <laughs> and he does. He gives a film an injection because as soon as he comes on the screen, he's great and he plays. He plays this really well. Well, you know, he's not kind of case. He's just kind of kind of loving this in that kind of sense, and he just it just elevates the movie a little. He's like, wait, Anthony Wong. Yeah, like you say, and he's chewing on a carrot. This is cool. I like it. He's yes. chewing all right. And, he, and he, yes, he's like oozes. I'm like, yes, thank you. All of a sudden, he picks up. You're like, ah, I'm interested again. He just, you know, picks a movie. Very much so. I mean, he is not playing it for laughs. He's playing it for uber evil. It's an uber evil style of acting here, which is wonderful uh, because he's on. His eyes are on. <laughs> I like being a bad guy in movies. And... I, I love the little scene where, um, and and that shows Alan Tam's cool, where they're him and Alan Tam are gonna have a little bit of a, or m- maybe him and the fake Ray, I think it was, but Alan Tam, you know, slices up the uh, deck of cards from underneath the packaging. He's got a, like a, a a ring that has a you know a little bit of sharp edge on it, and those kind of inserts meaning that he is gonna mark the card so he knows what card to pick because there's a line on it. Like this, those sneaky little sneak techniques and that insert, I, I thought was very cool cinematically. Again, adding some gambling cool. I'm not asking for a big table, table round here, but um, those things were cool. And and Anthony Wong loses that bet or whatever. And uh, then the guys guys sing because Andy Lau's a singer. We're gonna have an Andy Lau song for a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, that was the best part of the movie. They're all singing. My God, yeah, they could sing. Yeah, let them sing. Yeah, sing karaoke. Why not? Two and a half minutes of them singing. It's yeah. very expected, either in the movie or in the end credits. Sometimes they... So the filmmakers are going to try and convince us that that is totally not Andy Lau's own song. Yeah. On the karaoke, I just picked this. <laughs> Out of <laughs> random order. Oh, yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> but, but, you know, it is inevitable to... Dave named it Casino Raiders. Like, fuck you, we're going to compare it to Casino Raiders, therefore. And the thing that movie did so well, that you had patience waiting for any kind of action because there was a good movie being made here. The problem Mm -hmm. here is that it's it's a comedy being made and it doesn't keep that momentum up. So the wait for action becomes a little bit of a, 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 you know, a chore. 
it's not experimentation this in terms of structure like a comedy in action that's all that, that's what we do but it, we, it's a little bit of a void for a while i mean anthony Wong feels that a little bit because he is as i said on and he's so slimy and so smarmy and so snake-like in his ways and movements you know he even uses his tongue like a snake at one point as they're sitting in that little um, that private room like, like yeah. And he's so like, my god, this is such a fun performance, like, uh, Anthony Wong not giving a fuck. But when we de- when we do get that that really only, you know, gunplay heroic bloodshed scene, uh, do you have any special notes on that? Uh, you know, how they use the net in that big uh, house and mansion? <laughs> yeah, the, the, trample, the trampoline kill. I mean, you just know when they go into the house and they look down and it's, oh, something's going to happen. It's like they telegraphed. We're going to do something really cool with this trampoline. And you go, what are you going to do with this trampoline? And then when he does it, <laughs> I mean, I'm shadowing. Jotting about it now and stuff because you know he's coming. And he jumps up and kills him off the trampoline. I'm like, that is awesome. There's no way in God's great earth that would have held him when he jumped down there. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm in disbelief. It's brilliant. So, I, you know, that, that, was, that was a nice little touch. And it was nice to finally have some action as well, which... So you take away from the comedy, and you you, you want a big fight scene at the end. But yeah, the trampoline kill just uh, it, it cracks me off, and um, it, it's all nice and loud, even if it's not stylish. But but I like that uh, the gunplay is very loud. There's no, it's a no style, and that's not like obviously the trampoline kill and stuff. But it's it's loud and it's brash, and you know, uh, anti one gets to shoot guns, and you know, Alan Tam, I I love him with a gun in his hand and, and yeah. you know shooting away. He has a go, and you know he okay, he's never gonna be the kind of uh, Andy Lau, like, kind of heroic star, you know, shoots him up. But you know what? He can hold his own in those scenes, and I do enjoy it when he's in those, you know, in that kind of scene he has a go. So, yeah, I, I quite I quite enjoy when he's, like I say, not talking and shooting guns. <laughs> and, and even Nat Chan gets to get in on not the yeah. gunplay action, but uh, <laughs> he gets to take part in one, a very fun parody of, again, this is co-directed by Jimmy Hung, and his brother Charles Hung was the bodyguard in uh, God of Gamblers, who has an action scene in that one where a bad guy is holding him from behind and he can't move his arms, so he throws the gun, Charles that is, in that, that he's having in his uh, left hand, let's say, yeah. into his right hand, and then yeah. shoots the guy. Here they parody that scene, where yeah. Nachan throws the gun in slow motion, and it lands on his head. And I had a good chuckle at that, because that was well like, well... I knew that reference, and it was actually well well conveyed. Like, uh, it was not this movie's bread and butter to be a spoof, but it was a nice little nice little thing. Yeah, so, Natchan having unwarranted Superman strength, I didn't mind either. <laughs> yeah, it was that girl, wasn't it? It was a kind of like, yeah, why well, I'm always getting beaten up. That's it. He kind of finds his super strength from somewhere and and smash him up. And I quite enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? You know, you got the gunfight going on elsewhere and you come back to that but you've, you've got that kind of interlude in between and it, and it suits the movie quite well and what the movie is it, it's not as i said experimentation for hong kong cinema to have this content in it not at all so these random aside surreal sides of nat chan actually breaking out of you know from being tied with ropes and it, the big guy beating him and he just takes it like uh like the, a man or a, or a completely surreal superman in this case yeah. and i i thought that was uh nice like they normally use nat chan to just be a goof and that was his thing but this was a sequence where they gave him a little bit more 
to do something different for Nachan other than turning up to woo the lead character's girlfriend, creating, you know, triangles that way, and usually being a bit of a dipshit about it. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, it's, they, it's, sometimes it's automatic the way Wong Jing uses Nachan, but here, some elements were fresh, and I, I enjoyed that because, um, I didn't expect the surreal nature of Nachan being beat to a pulp and taking it. Yeah, I mean, it's quite, it's quite bloody as well. It's worth going, actually, because it's been quite kind of jaunty. In fact, the whole movie's kind of jaunty. I mean, it starts with jaunty music going into Vegas, and it ends with the same jaunty music. And the film is, if I'm going to describe it, is jaunty. It, it does surprise you, because, you know, he does get his face beaten off to a pulp. I mean, it's quite bloody. And doesn't die. And uh, the final uh, card game, uh, I, I don't know these games, right? And unless they're playing blackjack. That, that, that's the only game I sort of know because it's about counting up to 21. So I half know it, right? But uh, I think they're playing poker of some kind yeah, because yeah, it's... one card is hidden and there's about it's about getting pairs and high, and, uh, high cards or whatever. Yeah. But it seems like the final game was over almost done under respectful conditions considering a villainous character actually dies a scene or two earlier. Mm. So I was a bit confused about that, but there, there are like a couple of twists in this sequence that it's it's not easy to keep up, to be honest. But and as a gambling finale, nah, I even the short one at the beginning I thought was better. Um, I, I, I lost a little bit track of what was going on, which is... Uh, yeah, I mean, in God of Gamblers, even though I didn't know the game they were playing, mm, Wong yeah. Jing really conveyed it well. But here, you know, he's not directing it, granted, but he is writing and producing this. And I didn't think that this was at all for the genre any good fun or any good tension. It just seemed like to me, well, we needed a gambling game at the end, but we'll, we'll just, it was going through the motions to yeah. get to the final kind of double cross. And there's a little double cross at the end, so there's a double double cross kind of thing. Yeah. And at the end you go, oh, actually, yeah, that's quite good as well. And it, fe- it feels like that that was a build-up to that. They just wanted to get to that point where, look, I've got to, I've got to, oh, I'm going to surprise you here with this little double cross thing. Oh, I didn't expect that. And the, that bit was just a prelude to that. And uh, I know... And the, you know, the Alan Tan bit, oh, look, I knew he was going to do that. And get to it, we kind of felt like a bit rushed, whereas they should have spent a bit more time on the actual game to give it a bit. Regardless if it was poker or snap or whatever, you could have brought some gravitas to it a little bit. But again, you know, that's what kind of the movie is. It is a jaunty kind of experience. And so, you know, that's the best you're going to get. My last note is my final uh, delivery of the movie. And it comes from Nat Chan when uh, he he's at the gambling table as well, all beaten up, and he's got his arm in a sling and stuff. And um, the Taiwanese actor uh, Chen Chun-Yung, who's also, hence he's, he plays a Taiwanese character, and hence he's dubbed in Mandarin, so they, they do uh, they do mix up Cantonese and Mandarin. He brings all his millions and millions of dollars wrapped in newspaper. And Nat Chan witnesses that, and sort of says under his breath, why keep it in those kind of bags? Who wraps up money like that? Which of course was so like <laughs> little underplayed observation, because they, he doesn't bring uh, Chen Chun Yung bring a case of money. He brings it all like wrapped up with string, you know, all these millions of dollars uh, in newspapers. So you know, kudos to Nat Chan for getting a little like small line in there. That, uh, that kind of humor tickles me uh, when it's uh, when it's performed right. And uh, yep, he gets a he gets a pass overall, I guess, and so does. Alan Tam. So, team, team time for this one. 
Yeah, I think team time for this one as well. Um, Honourable mention to, I think, um, Xing Fu on, who uh, crops up towards the end and stuff. Yeah, what I was like, oh, good, I like him. I like it. And he does, I, 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 it's brilliant, everything I say, I just, he's just got that face. He's just got that face, he's great. And, and yeah, I think it's, yeah, team time for this one. He just, you know, just about scrapes it in. You know, the more we talk about it, I'm, I'm liking it a little bit more than I did at the start of the discussion. So that goes, you know, because I'm picking up things and going, actually, I enjoyed that probably more looking at it. But, um, yeah, considering it's quite a, a long movie, like I say, you don't get the action, you know, the big action sequence to like an hour and 20 minutes in, which is, you know, a bit of a length of time to wait. You know, it rattled along quite nicely, all in all. So, yeah, team time. As for availability, it's available on Blu-ray in Hong Kong from Michael, and unfortunately this is a big step down from their prior Blu-rays of God of Gamblers, Rich and Famous, etc. It is watchable in motion, but it's also very filtered and very smeary and smudgy looking. Uh, you, you can pick that up. I mean, it's a big upgrade from my prior VHS copy that wasn't even in widescreen anyway, but they, they probably... Uh, sh- could have and probably should have showcased this in a better fashion rather than start tampering with uh, the high definition source Uh, so uh, you know don't overpay for it Uh, maybe wait for a sale or something if you want to pick it up Uh, but um, so just be forewarned I mean I'm not being super like elitist and nitpicky but even I noticed that there are some there's some noise there and some smudgy lines uh, like like the the detail has been filtered out a little bit and um, so it it should have looked a little bit better, but uh, if you haven't seen it before, there's no other options really. So <laughs> so but but, uh, but but don't overpay for it. So try and wait for a sale or something. Okay, okay, that's uh, the first of the Alan Tam movie. So we're gonna take a musical break, and after that, we'll discuss Lucky Stars Go Places from 1986, where it's part of the big. Lucky Stars Ensemble. And uh, boy, you, you mentioned like, oh, there's people we like in No Risk No Gain in Lucky Stars Go Places. The cost list just gets bumped like wildfire. Like him, 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 her, him, her, like her, like her, like her, him, him, him too. Like everybody's <laughs> in it, uh, essentially. So, uh, But is it likable as a movie? Well, we'll find out. Um, you'll find out after the musical break. So sit tight and we'll be back. And welcome back in the second movie of this Alan Tan Crapping Hour that might last one and a half hours. It's uh, Lucky Stars Go Places from 1986 and plot from, yes, Asia. The fourth film in the Lucky Stars series follows the tried and true formula of predecessors, Winners and Sinners, My Lucky Stars and Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. And even pitches in an Aces Go Places curve for good measure. Though Lucky Stars Go Places goes without Jackie Chan and Yoon Pyu and Sam Hung, who also produces, Richard M. Stanley Fung and Michael Mew return only for brief appearances. The film still manages to pack in plenty of star powers with uh, star power with Andy Lau, Alan Tam, Ken Cheng, Carl Maka, Sylvia Chang and Anthony Chan in the mix. So the plot, that was like a prelude to it all, to set up where we are in the series. Uh, after botching up an operation, the police again turn to Kid Stuff, played by Sam Hung, for help investigating illicit gun trade between the Yakuza and a terrorist group. 
Kidstuff calls up his trusty Lucky Star gang, but they're all too busy with another job, so he has no choice but to round up a new gang. His new recruits, Top Dog, played by Alan Tam, who talks to dogs. Lacey and Rotound Cop Fat Cat, played by Ken Cheng. Lambo, or Rambo, Lambo, played by Andy Lau, and the wimpiest cops in town, Long Legs, played by Anthony Chen, and Libby, played by Billy Lau. That's the new gang. So, as for my brief opinion of uh, Lucky Stars Go Places, for maybe half a flick, quite amusing, downright surreal, wacky, comedic shtick uh, occupies all of this, which takes it away from the lecherous men formula in skit form that we normally have with these movies. Uh, except the first one really I think that, that's the best one but then after all that by the halfway point I guess or the hour point then it starts to do all of that the lecherous man formula with a new cast and it becomes rather tedious and the new gang doesn't get to shine in my opinion they, they just sort of act according to the formula which worked I mean it was a hit but uh, Andy Lau, Sam Hong and the Aces Got Places connection uh, headlines the highlights however uh, especially when Andy Lau gets to do action so that's my brief opinion. What did you think of Lucky Stars Go Places? I think I concur with that. It just um, it just fell into kind of a di- uh, pit of despair, kind of halfway through <laughs> with, the, well, with the jokes. It was just getting, it's just too much. Did I notice the first time around I watched it? Because I watched this again, but we're talking 20 years later. Did I forget all that just consciously? Because I just remember the action scene, which it does elevate the movie. Um at the end, and Andy Lau's performance, Sam Hong and stuff, just elevate it with the action, and that's what I probably focus on. But I didn't really take much care with the with the story, or really realize what was going on, or whether I skipped it. I don't know, but yeah, it, it's one of those movies. It's just it doesn't. There's too many people trying to do too many things, and the whole gag situation is just it's just one too many. It's just a one gag after one point. All they want is to rape Maria Tung. Yeah, basically. Which yeah. they sort of say flat out. We want to rape you. We rape you with our minds. <laughs> They're like, are you really doing all of this, guys? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. We can Christ. off with the one gag on that. I mean, it's, you know, 1980s Hong Kong cinema. But just to keep going on about it and just like, no... No, just stop it now. No and more. I don't remember much of that from Winners and Sinners. Or no, I mean the Winners and Sinners was really good. The cast was fun together. They might have tried to like get well. Well, there was some things with Richard um, and the Cherry Chung in a bathtub. I think with him being invisible and shit. But it was still sort of that was I guess charming on its own. But I remember, you know, they changed it up by having Sam Hung and Cherry Chung actually get on. In the movie, so Sam Hung wasn't after getting into her panties or anything. So, and the movie was fun overall. But then I haven't seen Twinkle Twinkle, but My Lucky Stars, same goddamn thing again. It's not funny anymore. Like the action is strong. I haven't seen Twinkle Twinkle, but um, I'm I'm sure the formula is what it is throughout these movies. Yeah, think, and, and, and you got you know, once you got Jackie Chan and Yumbi in a movie, it elevates it anyway and stuff. Yes, in it does. My opinion, and you know, you take those away from it, it's not quite the same. And again, with this, it's quite a, a new set of recruits, as we discussed. So. But uh, that happens later in the movie. Let's uh, start a little bit from the top. Uh, we've got the tease of hard Sam Hung action uh, at the top as uh, Norman Choi gets like thrown hard into this container and hard violence is performed against him. So nice, but we expect the cut to silly. And the thing I noticed, I haven't seen this one before, that they do cut to silly, but they're making some of the gags really surreal and 
odd, which I thoroughly enjoy because, especially with uh, Walter Cho's character as he recruits kid stuff, Sam Hung's character. I don't know why they keep recruiting this guy because they see it seems like they don't have a particular set of skills really. <laughs> <laughs> let's turn to them. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's let yeah let's recruit these because they're idiots. Excellent. Let's recruit some more. The Hong Kong police, ladies and gents. Yeah, that's the Hong Kong police for you. But uh, I, I love the little visual gag. Uh, and by the way, this is by, by now directed by Eric Tsang. So Sam Hung was not directing this one. And uh, Eric Tsang directed uh, the first two Aces Go Places movies, The Loot and the Challenger. So he's more than a competent director by this point in his uh, career. But the cops have this briefing in... Uh, you know, it's uh, you know the lights are out, and uh, you got a briefing like you do in a briefing room, and you have slides and, st- and stuff supposed to be showing. But at one point, a Western cop stands up, which might be Anders Nelson. I uh, guess I saw him in the cast list. Maybe that was Anders Nelson. And for some goddamn reason, that cop stands up. I want to go to Seven <laughs> Eleven <laughs> because I'm a little bit fat and I'm a guaylo and shit. So, and then they cut to the fact that they have their secret briefing on a soccer pitch, which they they they, they sort of zoom out and they're sitting in the middle of a grass field, which, which I thought was like a clever visual as the lights uh, as the lights go up. So, but but the furly like that surreal note that I made that humor is very surreal is when. Uh, Walter Cho is uh, having his discussion with Sam about uh, the mission and all of that. And he starts giving him all his stuff, you know, his hat, his badge, and his gun. And says stuff like, I'll go home, uh, Walter that is, I'll go home now and bang my head on the wall. It's trendy to talk gibberish. Like, what's going on? What, what kind of absurd behavior is this? But it's wonderful. Did you sort of spot that absurd nature to it all? To it all or did it feel like a regular Hong Kong shtick? I think it just felt like regular Hong Kong stick, to be honest. Although I think I think it was this moment. I don't know whether the subtitles were the greatest translation wise. Because at one point I remember going, did he actually say that? Or is that just the subtitles all back to front and honky? I was like, mm, not quite sure whether that so maybe maybe I just didn't I, I glanced over that bit. But there is some to me it felt like even visually a little bit of a elevated absurd nature to it all all before the lucky stars gang uh, become the lecherous men that they uh, are des- <laughs> destined to be and, and we got a parade of star like Carl Macca stops by Wong Jing stops by and kicks the shit out of Pauline Wong for no apparent reason yeah. like do you really yeah. Wong Jing yeah. this is how you treat your wife I guess oh yeah there's, a, there's yeah there's some uh, there's some further carriers as well further on but yeah absolutely and, and you realise after a while that Sylvia Chang turns up, and I'm, this is the same sort of chemistry that she has with Carl Macca in Aces Go Places, but it, they got married by the second movie. And they are married, and she says the name Albert. And um, his name Albert, Albert in those movies. And I realized that this is genuinely bringing in the Aces Go Places uh, universe into this. And that delighted me because I'm a big fan of those movies and I'm a big fan of Carl Macca as well. That's where it works, especially the fans of the Lucky Stars and the Ace of Go Places series that get those connections and it it works on that level because you, you'll get those and you'll find enjoyment in those elements. And it was a, a good idea or a bold move to bring that across and bring the two elements together. As we go through this, you'll probably find out it doesn't quite work, but it was a good idea and for those fans of the series, they, like I say, you're going to pick up these. And you know, amazingly, Carl Macca is, uh, 
he always acts broad, and he was always super funny to me, despite because he's um, especially when you know he's trying to be this hot cop and being on top of the situation, and normally he sort of wasn't. He's a bit of a little bit of a klutz. I I don't know. He's he was always so dedicated to that mode, and certainly is here. Uh, turns it on easily, probably because he's been doing this for a while. By yeah. this point, I think they might have shot. Even the fourth one by this point. Definitely three of the movies were already in the bag and super successful. The Cisco Places movies. Uh, so, yeah, bringing two box office juggernauts together. So, so and, and what Sammo Hong's... He's, it's him versus Sammo Hong, really, in this movie. It's a bit of a jealousy game. And, and what Sammo Hong sort of does to Karl Macca is what Sam Hoy normally does. Especially in the first movie, too. Karl Macca, he makes him fail in a lot of ways and uh, gets on top of the situation so I, I enjoyed that they, that energy was more than decent and they, there's a case here for you know you put two good actors Sam Hung and Karl Macca that also know comedy well and get on well and you get decent banter and chemistry going which is woefully lacking in the latter parts of the movie between the group uh, all the characters in the group so just sort of if you think feel how enjoyable it's to have Sam Sam Hung and Karl Macca bounce back and forth. It's not enjoyable later on when the guys are just sort of acting according to how you act in a Lucky Stars movie. And it, exactly, it's... yeah, yeah. When you, when you've got that, when you when you see films and any any films the same, and actors have that chemistry and can bounce off each other, then it's 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 great to to watch them. And obviously, Karl Macca and Sam Hung have that in this movie again, and they can just bounce off each other, and it's great. And those are the scenes that you remember more than, like you say, going further into the movie, the the Lucky Stars cast that don't quite have the same bounce off each other as they should. Yeah, I mean, even in a movie like My Lucky Stars, My Lucky Stars, which I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's got mm. some good action, but there's some just some woeful comedy in there. Oh, yeah. I just uh, uh, when they order the food in My Lucky Stars, and uh, it's, they're in Japan at that point, so they're trying to speak like four fake Japanese and stuff like. So, but uh, you know the actual Lucky Stars gang uh, gets a brief cameo here, and I, as I said, I I didn't know that this wasn't their movie. They just have a cameo in here. It's effing great, man, because Richard Um apparently now is he's uh, practicing on uh, the skill of turning stone into gold, like turn into gold, <laughs> turn into gold. See, I thought that was going to be great. You see, I remember watching it first time. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. They're going to run that gag all the way through this movie. This will be great. See what he does. I said, and then at some point, I'm thinking, I hope at the end he sends something into gold or somebody does so, so he thinks. But then it's, it's all too brief because it's kind of over. And you're like, oh, God, that would have been great. I would have loved those guys to be in it and carry on that gag. And it's like, okay, so... Samo recruits, obviously new recruits. Oh, oh! By the way, before we move on, I, I, I want to single out another thing on the theme of absurdism. Like for some reason, Stanley Fung is knitting a tongue hat for Eric Tsang. Why on earth is he doing that? Phil, that, that, that's what I mean by the absurd level. Like, exactly. he's, like he's not going to put it on his penis or anything. It's going to go over his tongue. Why? <laughs> no, that's what I mean. These guys are why? great. <laughs> I don't know why. You kind of warm to them as a group. I'm just. Just the wacky, crazy stuff that they do, and there's no reason for it. Why? But it, I don't know. It just works. I love them. I love them as a group. It works. They can bounce off each other. I can have fun watching that group of actors bounce off each other's. It, it can be very much fun. I mean, in my like a stars, it grows West Finn too. But still, like the group here displays 
enough jobs and 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 again i on the theme of i don't know why the police keeps recruiting them because if i understand things correctly their other job is to go out to rob a bank <laughs> and and then you see a tv report like bank robbed by fools <laughs> and i thought it was super funny like yes they are fools no wonder it didn't work and they've robbed like several banks already. They they say, where are we going to go now? Well, let's go to Central or whatever they said. Yeah. Like, it's the fourth time this week. I like that. And, oh, they're not in this movie. Okay, now I get it. Okay, let's in- introduce the rest of them. Andy Lau is Lambo, Rambo, and that's, I guess, fine. He's doing some cool action. Yeah. He's doing like a, a police cadet training exercise or whatever. But I didn't understand a thing at this point because it seems like he gets shot, then he shoots other police officers, and then you're under arrest. And then he's recruited into the group. And it's a lot of confusing, absurd stuff here uh, that I didn't understand at all. Yeah, I think this is kind of when the new recruits come along. I mean, like I say, Sam Hong recruits, new recruits, and I've put, they're like the Expendables, just really <laughs> shit. I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, haven't you? <laughs> it's a bit like the same thing. You're kind of recruiting all those guys. It's like... When you go uh, Expendables, was it the second one? When they recruit the young kids. They're like the Expendables, but they're really shit. This is the same thing. It's like the Lucky Stars, but they're just really shit. And this is this is where the movie starts to go downhill for me. You lose your main actors from the Lucky Star series. You bring in a whole load of new recruits, and you think, okay, this could be good because it's, it's new people, new actors and stuff. But there's just, there is no chemistry. There and, and what chemistry. I was hoping for, Phil, because they've established this, to me anyway, this elevated level of absurd, that they would continue to ride with that. Nope, now we're going to do what we always do. Bring in a woman and they're yeah. going to be all pervy on her. And I, and I don't think that's... I'm not trying to be this, like... Uh, because I watch movies where I don't object to any of this. It's sort of just is what it is. I can take politically incorrectness, but... By the fourth goddamn movie, and they're still doing the same thing. Yes, it's commercial, it's a it generated box office, but I don't think it was necessarily super fun in the first movie. They're like the last laughs from the first movie you get from other types of interaction and Richard mm, thinking he's invisible and all of that. Not that I didn't laugh my ass off watching them trying to peep, peep at Cherry Chung in the first one. But it was tolerable because the movie was fresh enough and it was a fun aura yeah. to it all. But by the fourth goddamn movie that is still doing the same thing and even more openly. It's just more. It's just one thing after another. It's just it's it's, it's a torrent of objectifying, obviously, women, which is completely on PC now anyway. But you just can't do that. It's just it's just too much. And obviously, Maria Tung does, does well in that role. But for what she you know has to do, just be objectified. But... It's just, it's just wrong now. It just doesn't generate the laughs. You know, it just goes downhill at that. You point. know, any humor can be funny, even if it's yeah. on PC. But yeah, you have to sort of craft yeah. some some amusement out of it and put forth skill. And I thought that it was just a parade after one point. That there had it's training, right? They're being trained by her. Exactly. So, and they're not being subtle about it either. Like Andy Lau looks totally uncomfortable doing all of this. By the way. Uh, and Anthony Chan was a you know lovely actor and director. <laughs> you know, he, he he was in uh, the the winners with uh, Kenny B and Nothing and Alan Tam. And you know he he walks up to her. She says like you come forward now and they're gonna do whatever they do in the training. And he says flat out, I raped you in your mind. <laughs> and walks off. Let's see. Like 
I can't believe what I just the said fuck that. did you just say this? <laughs> this is not even surreal, stupid, good. It's just uh, exactly. they don't stop there. That's the problem. No. You know? It just goes on and on. And that's the downfall. You know, it could have been something great. And you, he's elevated, you know, the Ace of Go Play slash Lucky Stars. But he just goes all downhill at that, at that point. It's just one after another after another. And you're like, my God, can you just stop it now? Enough, no more, no, enough. And 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 uh, by the way, I, I'm so fake. I just realized that I should have realized this is an Aces Go Places merger. I just realized that hey, Lucky Stars Go Places. Of course, what a dumbass you are. You should have seen that coming. But hey, it <laughs> yeah. was nice to be surprised. Lucky Stars Go Places. The clues in the title, Ken. The clues in the title. It was nice um, to be surprised. Though, yeah, yeah, so. it was surprised. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it is, and and it should have. But they just that that no. And even when establishing, you know, talking Alan Tam, they established the fact that he's a, a dog whisperer. And there, there is some talker whisperer, whatever. Um, there is some amusement there because uh, he says, like, I can't understand this dog because he doesn't understand Cantonese. <laughs> but, uh, you know, good. Let's ride on that. No, they don't. They keep that out of the movie for as long as they can. Alan Tam is just one in the crowd. So, therefore, he, he's part of a very bad movie. But he doesn't do much of anything they all of them including Andy Lau they're just asked to act according to formula and I love all of these guys even Billy Lau can be tolerable but I love Ken Cheng I love Anthony Chan and so forth and they're all interchangeable you know you could have put anyone in there if you just if you just can ask them to do this shit then put anyone in there that creates a serious lack of identity for this movie yeah I mean oh god how's it gonna is it can i get out of this pit of despair <laughs> we're, um, we're nearly done <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying um i suppose the sequence with ken chung and obviously the cleaner comes in and you know oh that's so stupid but it's kind of amusing though it's kind so. of amusing that's that's about as elevated as can as i can get it's kind of amusing it's like yeah okay you can't get the chortle out of that one it kind of like, well well, well let's set up context here because uh, yeah. okay Eric Zhang is depicting all of these as they're, they're completely stupid. They're not compelling characters. Fine. Oh yeah. But they're that they're stupid to the degree that they think that it's the Teresa Haping is the is the actress. Um, they think that Maria Tung out of makeup looks like this. So Ken Jeng, you know, ultimately puts the move on her and has sex with her. And then afterwards, like, no, it's an old woman. And it's so effing absurd and stupid that I think I like the absurd level that we were at before, but this is just plain stupid. Like, are these characters that effing thick? Yes, that's. I think that's just to say they are that thick. They're too thick for humor to shine. You know, humor doesn't shine in a way. Like, it's too stupid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and and even like stuff like later on, we see Alfred Chung appear for a while, and he's he's an interpreter, and he's sort of it sounds like he isn't attempting to make to talk Japanese at all. He's just making loud noises like, and it reminded me of Have you ever seen um, that episode of The Young Ones where uh, Alexis Sale is uh, first he's uh, Mussolini. But then he steps out of the scene and he's all, now he's the Italian contribution to the Eurovision. And he sings that song about making stupid and loud noises. And that was all I could think of. Like my <laughs> mind strayed <laughs> when he started, you just make stupid noises. I go bleep, blop, bleep, blop, bloop, nip, 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 nip. And that was all I kept hearing as Alfred Chung was doing Japanese fake language as an interpreter. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 
but it wasn't funny. It was just my mind strayed to funnier stuff. <laughs> Somewhere in all this, there's obviously, you know, a movie and the Libyans are in it and the Japanese in it and, you know, there's there's something going on, but you kind of lose the world to live halfway through because it's just, like I say, that... They are not in a hurry. No, they're not in a hurry to get there to the, the, the very, very... Um, weak storyline that they're going to get but, to. But we'll get, we'll get to some exceptional stuff, though. And I'm going to tell you one thing there for that. I, I, you know, I'm not on Team Tam on this one because he's part of a failing movie. He doesn't mm. stand out. But the one scene that made me laugh is when he's supposed to meet Samo in the cinema and then he goes into the cinema where Heart of Dragon is conveniently playing. Yay! A drama, very sad drama. And they've said that just laugh and Samo, kid stuff will find you. So, so Alan Time goes in there. It's a very emotional scene and he goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and these guys like lean into him. What are you doing? It's a serious movie. <laughs> and I, I, it was Alan Tam sort of okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not above. I, I, I don't need to act classy in movies. I can be silly too. And that was a nice little few seconds of silliness that I appreciated. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, it was a, it was nice to take it away. Yeah, you're right. And I did enjoy the scene, obviously, because Tartan Dragon's playing in the theater and. Bolo Young's behind and stuff, giving him some uh, grief. And yeah, him. even those like hard guys, they want to watch the emotional movie. Bolo Young God, damn it. behind and there's a couple of the guys there, and it's like, yeah, and they're they're, yeah, they're smacking him. And yeah, it, it, that was that was a a, a good scene to watch. I, I enjoyed that. So yeah, but the latter dog talk is just silly that he actually does. Like, woo, 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 woo. just looks dumb. You can't really you on Team Tam in this or not. Well, no, because he's part of an ensemble and the ensemble doesn't work. He can't elevate it in any way. And like you say, you could switch the roles around between the characters and make no odds. So, you know, he doesn't elevate himself with what he's given to do in the movie. So, you know, he's kind of, we'll let him off with a pass for this one kind nope. of thing. Because no, not, really. No, so, no. no, don't no, let him Ken's off with a pass. No, he's not. He's not team time. Yeah, like, there's no middle ground here. It's like, either team time or not team time. <laughs> Can't be okay. neutral about these things. Okay. Let's talk some two exceptional things, mm. uh, mainly concerning fight action. We get uh, a reappearance of uh, the jealousy rivalry that go that goes on between Karl Mack and Sam Hong. By that point, Sam Hong is in locked into a mental hospital. He's in a padded cell, and I love that fight scene that yeah. they have because here's the clever bit with the Sam Hong action team choreography. They suited for Karl Macca because they're not in there to do kung fu against each other they're sort of there to figure out how i'm gonna bring this guy down i have a gun kolmaka says but sam hong says heroes don't use gun oh you're right about that and he uses the butt of the gun and just hits sam on the foot and i thought that was so much fun because they were having fun together it's a clever concept of a fight scene at one point kolmaka runs across the walls, you know, like the stupid, like Romeo Must Die style wire stuff. And someone just goes, whoa, where did that come from? That's very clever. That's, that's using the performance to your advantage um, because Carl Macca is not going to keep up with Samo if they were going to square off like you expect them to. But it's marvelous stuff. I think it's a hi- the highlight of the movie. But then Andy Lau's action scenes into the flick. Wanna, what do you want to say about Andy Lau and how he's immersed in some home style action? Yeah, I mean, that, and that was it. And that's why I always remember the film and stuff because, you know, Andy Lau, you know, he's no kung fu fighter, but he, he, he's learned. He looks good on screen. He looks like he can, you know, he can fight. And Samo just makes him look good, especially the sword play. There's nice sword play between the two. And uh, the, 
the camera angles and, and the way they do it. And and obviously him against, uh, is he uh, Tetsuwa? Is that the, uh, one of the, uh, the Japanese cast, yes. Yeah, when he, he plays a, a great, a slender looking, but still looks kind of villainous. So, and I like that in a villain. He looks like a villain. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the fight is great. I don't recall, and maybe did I did I miss it? Isn't there some, wasn't there supposed to be a three section staff fight that Andy Lau uses? I never saw it in the cuts. Not sure. I mean, it's in Twinkle Twinkles. I don't know if there's any stuff in that one uh, because I, I haven't seen Twinkle Twinkle. It's uh, it's marvelous because it just kicks off like you read about. And Andy Lau, I know he's immersed himself as much as he can in action scenes. I mean, yeah. it's so admirable. But I've never seen it be this good. I mean, Samo doubles him very carefully. Acrobatic stuff, but otherwise, Andy Lau is there taking on stuntman after stuntman after stuntman in carefully set frame rate so it doesn't look silly undercranked. You know what I mean? Like it's fast as hell. Yeah. But it looks splendid how it just takes on one stuntman after after the other and with a decent amount of power that, um, no, he he doesn't appear weak, right? So he, he just fits right in i think uh for especially for a non-martial arts performer i mean uh he he, he like, like he's got action abilities in him but he as far as i know he has not you know studied this for life he's uh he's a movie star he's, a, he's an actor and a singer but one of the best in terms of immersing himself in action Simon yam did that occasionally very well too but uh God damn, what a highlight uh, to end uh, a rather a movie you struggle through. Like, yeah, but it, it doesn't redeem what happened before. God knows it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But you will talk about the fight scene. You will talk about Andy Lau. He's never looked better. Um, Sam Ahom just makes him look so good. But Andy Lau, like I say, he's just got that quality about him anyway. So he looks good when he does the, does the action. And you're right about the weapons uh, fight between him and uh, uh, Tetsuya. Uh, let's give him a proper name drop. Uh, Tetsuya Matsoi or Matsoi Tetsuya. I don't know which order you, you uh, use his name, say his name. It's worth it for the end of the movie for that fight scene. And Samo as well gets to, you know, kick some ass as well. And, you know, he, he jumps in there. But uh, it I, is always, a- I always say that it's amazing that Samo's action, in particular at, at this time, never felt old despite you recognizing that it's something you've seen before right mm. it was always mesmerizing to see yeah. it just goes go from zero to hundred with that level of power and it's just like as soon as Samo himself just extend you, you know even if he hits someone with his uh, fist you know that hard nature of even one hit one punch is wow it's so well conveyed and probably because it's it involves um, some contact too you feel you feel it you feel like the weight of a guy that just hit you on the skin you're like whoa my god you could you could feel that whoa and, it, and it, again this is cleverly done on the way it's portrayed in this movie but yeah the, the that is and as an action fan and if you are an action fan then yes absolutely you need to watch the end of lucky stars go places because that's where the fun is to be had in that action scene i think that's a good summary for us to go out i mean uh Semi-recommended for 40 minutes or so, a good 30 minutes of crap and then, or 35 minutes of crap and then a good action ending. But uh, yeah. it's going to be a bit of a struggle uh, unless this tickles you, this type of humor, and I wouldn't argue against that. But for me, it simply doesn't. I mean, it 
a series, any series out there in the world, sometimes adheres to formula too. And that, so it's not like we blame Hong Kong solely for this type of adhering to formula style. But uh, you have uh, the option to dislike that. In this case, I do because I think it's uh, it's uh, too lazy, really too lazy, and not funny either. Not not funny at all. So love all these guys. Didn't think uh, they were the newly reborn lucky stars going to love now like i want the old guys back uh, even though i dislike some of the stuff the old guys did too but i wanted them back because uh, this is a you you didn't even have a guy doing like uh tr- trying to do fake magic and shit and be invisible they didn't even they, they, they jettisoned that character too so you didn't have like a richard style uh comparable character <laughs> i know i know i've not seen it and you know uh, but I know Return of the Lucky Stars, which they did after Lucky Stars Go Places, returned the original cast. They must have gone, oh yeah, they were shit. Oh yeah, so Ghost Punting too. Ghost Punting was more of the same. Too. Yeah, that as well, so yeah. How to Meet the Lucky Stars was mm, the charity movie they did. That was more of a gambling movie. Long ass movie, but I, I remember it was mostly gambling and some fun stuff. So it wasn't simply ogling at the Francois Yip in that movie. It was a lot about gambling, but yeah, yeah, I think there's a decent, there's a decent fight scene in there somewhere. Ghost punting, I did recall. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, there's more in the series out there and stuff. They just, um, they they just took a wrong turn with getting the new recruits in because it just didn't work. And obviously, I don't think the the script and the storytelling kind of helped them at all in that segment. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was a non-starter for them, unfortunately. But like I say, all great. All, like, all great actors, but just, just didn't work in this particular movie. Well, 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 as for availability, this was previously out on, I think it had a universe DVD, but that, that is long out of print. But uh, recently, if, uh, during the last few years, it was out on DVD by Joy Cells. Uh, this budget DVD now seems hard to get, but uh, keep an eye out on the usual sites as well as eBay for used copies because it is listed as out of stock rather than out of print. But, um, but personally, I couldn't get uh, a copy for... Uh, for this review, so I had to resort to some other means, but uh, that's hardly my fault. Well, well, it is my fault. I didn't pick it up in time, but uh, I did. <laughs> you know, so many movies, so little time. Somebody take the shovel off him. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, it looks okay for a budget DVD and all of that, but uh, it's not remastered, I should say. All right, let's uh, finish this one off then. Uh, one, one out of two, I guess is okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was the rating. One out of two. Um, or out of ten, maybe. But what rating are you going to give it? Uh, a one over two? I don't know. Can I have one and a half? No, don't sit on the fence, Phil. One over two. Oh, I'll give it a one then. Well, it's the it's the terms of team time and not team yeah, time. Team one time, out of yeah, two. One out so. of two. Yeah, well, team time. One out of two. He's done all right today. Not an exceptional one out of two, but a but a decent enough one. Which but exactly, yeah. You know, we 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 kind of you know we're warming to the guy. We should put a graph up or a pie chart and see how many. Team Tams we've got and non-Team Tams. Yeah, I don't know how many many other ones are out there that's suitable for the coverage. I mean, he's done a bunch of movies, obviously, but uh, because we got to focus a little bit more on the action, I guess. But, uh, you know, he's in 97 Aces Go Places in two roles, so that sounds horrible, so we might as well, uh, <laughs> might as well deal with that. <laughs> God, no. Two yeah. roles. Oh, no, no, two of them. <laughs> And and there's the second Wong Fei Hung movie he did, silly Wong Fei Hung movie he did. 
God, Ma- I'd said to the last one, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> Master Wong versus Master Wong. Yeah, I'd just be slashing my wrist at that one. Maybe I need to break them up. I don't know. Like, if you've got an Alan Tan movie you want us to uh, review, then let us know, and you know we can we can have a discussion on that. Um, there's plenty out there, so so why not? You know, throw it out there. We're we're more than happy to to crap on Alan Tan for you, or not, as the case may be. There, there is a cool little movie that it's it's sort of off. Beaten, obviously, not a big action movie, but Ronnie Hugh did a movie called Mummy Dearest in 1985, and if I remember correctly, Alan Tan was this, you know, psychopath in that one. It was uh, quite okay. Ooh, so, that sounds interesting. Actually, I think you've mentioned that before, so maybe that's one we should uh, dig out. Sure thing, sure thing. Yeah, I think you've got a you've got a feeling for that. That's not the first time you mentioned that. That sounds intriguing. Mm. And Ronnie Hugh is a competent, competent director, as we mm, all know. Please. So, but uh, for the uh, time being, this has been. Podcast on Fire and our little sub-series we've dubbed uh, the Alan Tan Crapping Hour, which is, you know, immature, but that's a name I'm sticking with, you know. Not saying it's creative, but it is what it is. And uh, we are located on podcastonfire.com along with all our other shows and bonus episodes. Uh, if you have any suggestions about Alan Tam and uh, want to share your like or dislike for him, do that at the following email address, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Uh, follow the different buttons to our social media on our website, the little handy buttons at the top of our page to our Facebook presence, our Twitter presence. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes through, a, through, through the click of a button as well as on Stitcher Radio where you stream our shows. And I review a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies over at SoGoodReviews.com. I video review at SleazyKVideo.com and I tweet nonsense over at, at SoGoodReviews. And Phil, you got the last plug. Where are you on the web? Um, I am at easternfilmfans.co.uk. You can also catch us on mobile on uh, moby.easternfans.co.uk. Ooh, mobile. Mobile, mobile. Ooh, up in the world. You're not, you're not even mobile, you're Moby. Moby, yeah, that, that's just the name of the site. But bookmark us because all the tweets and all the Facebook posts, you can get in one place. So, you know, what better? Or if not, you can just tweet. You can see our tweets. We're on Twitter and Facebook. And um, obviously, Eastern film fans. So, uh, yes, enjoy. Alrighty, okay, Phil. Thank you very much for taking part of the uh, taking part in the Alan Tam Crapping Hour again. Who now smoking jackets or taking off? You know, we can go from le- sophisticated to less sophisticated and continue our day. Indeed, I'll go and I'll now go and put some pants on. Excellent. I've been Kenneth, and with me was Phil G of Eastern Film Fans. So, say goodbye, buddy. Say bye bye. <laughs>